Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am multidimensional, multi-layered, and multi-potentialized. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. Hands up who likes Jane's new made-up word. <laughs> Potentialized. Multi-potentialized. Multi-potentialized. <laughs> I had to practice that. Well, where did it come from? So my daughter is in year 11 at school, and so she's at the age where people are saying all the time to her, what are you going to do when you finish school? And she doesn't know what she wants to do. And she's got quite a few friends that are in the same boat. And so I've told her that she's a multi-potentialist. And I've said it wrong again, multi-potentialist, multi meaning many, potential. She's got so much potential in so many different fields. And we'll just add in ist to make it sound like it's something official. And don't we all? This is a beautiful Mm. concept. And today's concept is about the multi-facets of our souls. Because, look, we've had a couple of questions. One question said, are you guys planning to do an episode on ego? Answer is yes, this one. And the second question said, you talk a lot about the concept of higher self, which I've heard of before, but could you provide greater detail as to what that really is and how to channel it? Same thing with shadow self. What is it and how do you understand it? And then, of course, Jane, we often use words interchangeably sometimes like inner self, over soul, higher self, the ego mind, the e- and all of this. So we thought today would be a good chance to just do a bit of a cheat sheet on helping you guys understand what we mean in spiritual context. Because, of course, if you talk about ego in the everyday world, you're usually talking about sports stars who sleep with women and get on the front page of the newspaper or <laughs> CEOs of multi-conglomerates who, I don't know, just are wankers. Or the narcissists that's full-blown right. in ego. That's right. So so we understand what ego means in the schoolyard or in, on the field or, you know, in the boardroom. But ego, as it's been used traditionally by spiritual elders, spiritual gurus, etc., for many, many years now, has a different classification. So we are going to break down what that is today but we thought why stop at ego why don't we look at some of the other bandied about words like over soul higher self inner self lower self shadow side etc um so that you guys can understand those different terms when they're used by spiritual people and learn how to work with them within yourself and i'm going to start with this question jane have you met your higher self absolutely she <laughs> amazing well, tell me about yours and I'll tell you about mine <laughs> she is the woman that I aspire to be well she is you but yes I that's think right. right yes and she is just full of love nothing but this magnificent huge ball of love there is there's no negative ego we'll get into that there's no fear there's no judgment there's no I've got to fix something. She just is. And uh, she's quite hot too, actually. Where have, you met, where have you met her in meditation? Meditation. Oh, sort of like or channeling or some sort of higher brainwave state. Do, do you see well, her? I think that the physical I met in a meditation, it was a guided meditation where I saw her, but it's more that I feel her. It's when it's almost that feeling of self-actualization, you know, that Maslow talks about in the hierarchical needs etc it's that moment where you just know that you are so you in the most purest best 
version of you and you kind of get buzzy in your energy with whatever has just happened or is happening where the words flow effortlessly, where everything is connected so divinely that you have this feeling of of self-actualization of wow or oh my God, and you want more of it. That's where I feel like I've felt my higher self. So what age is she? Oh, she's not an age. It, but do you see, can you see her as a woman? You said you saw her body yes. shape and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very angelic actually, floating white angelic. Um, for me personally, I don't know whether that's everybody. I have no idea. I've never had this discussion before. Cool question, mm. Beck. Oh, you know, there's nothing like doing a podcast with an ex-journo. She comes up with the tough questions. <laughs> tough spiritual questions. <laughs> because now I I think that there's possibly more than one definition of higher self here. I was about to get into that. I love yeah. that you suggest that because there is another side of me where I also have experienced self-actualization and that's the warrior me. The now, warrior. What does that it, mean? It's the, it's the fearless part of me that can go where angels fear to tread, has no fear about it and has the most amazing ability to transcend whatever is going on to help for transformation. But are you calling that another version of your higher self? Yeah. And not, let's say, for example. It's a different feeling to when I go, oh, I'm going to get on my soapbox and, you know, it's a different, it's much more pure. But it's much more. It's not drawing on, for example, past lives where you really embodied that and did it really well and in this lifetime you can can still call upon those Quite possibly. I think every lifetime we have is to experience ourselves to get the connection with our higher selves. Oh, let's all just let that one sink in. That's a, oh. that's a big statement. So it's because well, there's, there's the ideal model of what it is that you want to be and every lifetime is to move you towards a facet of that, which is why in the affirmation at the beginning I said multidimensional, multifaceted or something like that. Mm. Multilayered. Yeah, it's, mm. like a, it's like a diamond, a rough diamond, and, and, you know, it's got the brilliant cut of what is it, 128 facets on a diamond or whatever and it's each lifetime you're polishing up another little side of it getting to meet a different part of yourself but when you have another lifetime you may choose to actually cloud some of those that you've already experienced and mastered because they will not help you to experience what it is that you want to experience to clean off this facet you have selective amnesia for most of everything else that's gone before so you can start again with a new corner or section of the diamond yeah and work and play with this different part of you because as we say in in past life you know one life you might be the pauper one life you might be the prince you might be the homeless man the beggar you might be the king you might be the warrior you might be the gay lesbian whatever like if you if you want to if you if you've had a lifetime where you've been the master of of financial abundance but there might be another lifetime that you need to understand about humbleness where you may choose to not remember how to be good with money because maybe humbleness is going to be taught through poverty yeah but it also explains occasionally why a housewife in britain will just sit down at a piano that she's never sat down at before and come out with mozart absolutely i love that that's exciting because it's all still dormant. or a child that speaks the language they've never been exposed to fluently by the age of four 
Oh, I love that. It's exciting. So my, if you can call it higher self, but there's a version of myself that I started to meet in meditations. I've got, actually, I've got a close friend and the way she likes to do it, she likes to meet people on the mountain. Now that will often include herself or, but most usually it's the men she's dating. So when (laughs) when she can't get answers from their real physical, useless, like non-communicative selves, she goes up to the mountain (laughs) and she meets their higher selves and she's like, now listen, we need to talk about what is, like, show me your heart, show me your truth, show me what's going on so she can understand at a deeper level how to manage them better on earth. Oh, that's heaven. I love it. That's uh, some higher dating work going on there. But, you know, this idea that of meeting yourself on the mountain as well, or for for me, it's I've in the past meditated and I wanted to know what she would do that more advanced version of Rebecca who wouldn't take any shit who'd had a lot more life experience who'd maybe been even like maybe better skilled in international business but also better skilled in life in wisdom in relationships in knowledge in everything and the funny thing is I can see her very clearly because she looks exactly like me and she's of an age which is probably in her 30s she's quite plain straight brown hair black top jeans nose piercing now she always had a nose piercing I didn't have one till I don't know a year ago and I used to always think I'll get I'll get my nose pierced when I feel that I've earned a level that is um it was some sort of a spiritual initiation of knowledge for me to go before I went and got it um because she had it and I wanted to get it in my right nostril she had it in her left so I had to go and get it in the left because that's where she had she must know I what love she's doing. it I remember when you got that done I only wish that you'd had it done by a beautiful wise Indian woman with the rose thorn I know. you know much more ceremonial it would have been but that's okay so my high self if we call her that you know again she's really plain she doesn't say much I know right she doesn't speak as much really yeah she's not that talkative (laughs) not sure I'd be friends with her I don't even know how to interact (laughs) with her because she's she's just kind of got this like I will come blathering at her with questions what do I do about this in my life and this is showing up and I don't know what and she'll just like raise an eyebrow at me as if to say really and I'm like, okay, I know. I'll go and deal with it. Okay, I know. I know. Don't you have to say it? Beautiful. She's just cool. She knows what's beautiful. Anyway, but, but let's let's talk about oversoul because that's not. I don't even think that's what a, a higher self is. Certainly not in the angelic way that you described. I don't know who that is, but whoever she is, she helps me. And I'm just going to give one more analogy that might help people. I have um, a very creative, artistic girlfriend intuitive, cancerian, so feeling, so sensual born into a shutdown family and being so artistic kind of took her artistic stuff but ended up getting funneled through the system through university studied boring stuff graphic design digital marketing and then went into like working for corporate people and offices and theater companies and stuff but never being the artist that she's supposed to be so in the last couple of years she's had this very strong driving desire to design um a certain fashion product right but with spiritual meaning encoded into it now the way that she's been managing this process is that she there's a woman who comes to her like you know a muse I suppose or a spiritual entity and maybe it's a higher version of her and it probably is um she doesn't see it that way but I wouldn't be surprised and this older woman will come in very very glam the leopard print and the you know red lipstick and she'll come in darling and we're going to sit down and have an aperitif and we're going to talk about this darling and she wants her product to when a young girl gets this wallet or this purse or this bag whatever it is she's going to design she wants the young girl to feel like she's just spent an hour in the company of a wise cool old glam lady 
Oh, lovely. And so that's why a wise, cool old glam lady comes to work with her in the development right. of encoding the right energy into this product. Right. So nice. that so that a younger maiden, an innocent, more naive girl in the world who's looking to find her wisdom and so forth can can achieve that vibrational healing of being in the presence of an elder essentially isn't it or how master. amazing yeah. that we've got people creating awesome products i know with this kind of vibrational intent but so my point is we you can work with higher or other versions of yourself to achieve creatively financially physically your goals your dreams your desires it's almost like collecting with the inner child but connecting with your higher self yeah, and that same method. Inner child, we would be, we have to mention, it would be remiss to not mention inner child here as well. We've done so much work, obviously, on, you know, healing that poor wounded child that never got their emotional wants and needs met at age seven or whatever. But what about the fun aspect? Yeah, that's right. What about the inner child that's not wounded, that's now rocking it out, that needs to have a voice? Absolutely. That wants Love to come it. out and dance. Well, actually, you just reminded me too when you were talking about the artist and your friend. I had a wonderful artist, um, Peter Mozzolino, I think is her name. Oh, Peter Mozzolino. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you know her. Yeah. She's fabulous. She does sound bowl therapy amongst other things. Right. Okay. So mm. she also does your higher self um, in chalk, paints, uh, draws your higher self. Beautiful piece of artwork she did for me. And it was fascinating to watch, totally channel, uh, channeled because you would normally think if you're going to do a portrait, if you're going to do head and shoulders, you start with the round face and you put the features in of the eyes and the nose. No, stroke here, stroke there. Nothing looks like the picture until the last five minutes and it all comes together. Oh, that's cool. It's amazing. But mine is incredible was that I really identified instantly. It's I, I come from Irish heritage, but I have this draw to Ireland and yet she, and this chick looks so Irish. She's got this big, massive red curly hair, um, green eyes, pale skin, and it's the holder of the flame. Oh, wow. And isn't that interesting? So the holder of the flame, and that is to my, my higher self is to hold the intent of love. For, for me and anyone who chooses to and you're hook on Aries, in. you're all about fire. I know, fire. I know, <laughs> and I love that warrior fire in me as well. So, so look, so you can, you can talk to your inner child if you want to dance, play, sing, create, be fascinated, be curious, be playful, have fun. You can talk to your higher self if you're needing advice from someone you trust, not a friend, not a book, not the internet, not a guru, but you. You need advice from you. Go and meet the part of yourself that's just that little bit more advanced or wiser that can advise you on your particular situation. But then we move up to the oversoul. This is a bit more complex. And I'm gonna, oh, I'm definitely gonna to have to channel this because I don't even quite understand. I don't. What it I was is. gonna say I'm looking at you, Beck, mm. going, "This one's your topic, not mine." So when, as were Jane and I were talking before about past lives, and I've used the analogy on this show before of the idea that if you think of an enormous tree with thousands of branches and twigs stretching up to the sun and thousands of roots going down into the earth, and every single one of those points that comes out the twig or the root is a different expression or facet of self. They are all, if you like, you could call them past lives, but perhaps we'd be better to say they are different expressions of yourself coming out in different time and space, realities, dimensions, just time, space. It's just different facets of the diamond all being allowed to twinkle and sparkle and have their time in the light. And, of course, it's all happening at exactly the same time. There is no, you know, past lives don't go in order because there's no such thing. History doesn't exist. Time doesn't exist. It's just all happening 
uh, somewhere somehow at once. So the ripple effect. So you want to go and tweak this twig over there. Well, it's going to ripple effect through all the twigs or this tweak, this root all the way down here is going to be affected by that branch all the way up there. You know, you can do stuff now in this lifetime that ripple effects across other lifetimes and vice versa and back at you and three dimensions. It's a massive concept Don't to try and get your head it. about. Too much or your brain will explode. It's the same thing as, you know, where does the universe end? <laughs> Correct. You can't go there. You can't picture nothing. Picture what nothing looks like and feels like. Just picture that for a minute. So when we talk about an oversoul, there's this kind of sense that the gradual accumulation of all of the work you've been doing, quote unquote, the experiences you've been having, the lessons you've been learning, the growth, the evolution, the development of the soul's progress begins to kind of accumulate or snowball into, let's call it a cloud or a, a a like vibrational group where they're all coming in on the same frequency or wavelength. So there's all these parts of yourself that sort of have ascended past a certain point and then they join together and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and wiser and wiser and higher and higher, more connected. Now, if you look at Abraham, for example, Abraham, who's channeled through Esther Hicks, the entity that is Abraham always calls itself we. Yes, it's always a collective. Because Abraham is a collective of ascended, highly ascended souls who all vibrate on the same higher frequency of high vibrational white light and love, whatever. So I feel that there's a part of ourselves that create our own oversoul, but then that oversoul can join in with greater souls as well, other consciousnesses or collective groups. That are all vibrating at the same vibration. Right. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and just becomes just a great big white light of love so therefore do we not have a love life oversoul now what do you mean by that does our show have an oversoul well yes because we've got so many of us our listeners and us are all many of us are vibrating at the same i think we're definitely creating something because we're all coming together we're choosing to create in at a similar vibration together by all participating in this show we've all got the same intent we do and i know certainly when jane and i pray at the start of each show and set the intent for each show often we will reference um we're speaking to the higher selves or the souls of our listeners so we have been calling you guys in and you guys have been calling us in at that level or subconsciously definitely and consciously in a real world well i'm going to say therefore boom boom there is a love life over soul Mm. i like that I like that idea. So that's a lot of soul rhetoric. What about ego? (laughs) Ego. Well, first off, ego is not a dirty word, which was a song in the 70s by Skyhooks that I absolutely loved. And for those of you that don't know it, Google it. It's it's a really funny, cool song. Um, Ego, I think, is very closely linked with fear. So where we did a podcast not that long ago, maybe about six, eight episodes ago about how to make friends with fear, I feel the same thing happens with ego. So ego, like everything, has its higher self and its lower self. So ego in the positive is going to be completely different to ego in the negative. Ego in the negative is often that voice in your head that is undermining you, that tells you you're not good enough, rich enough, funny enough, smart enough. Sometimes people will say that is the inner child. It can be, but it can also be your sense of self-worth that is coming from fear, which is being played out by ego. Say that again. So, (laughs) So... On a functional level, when we have that voice in our head that undermines our sense of self-worth, self-belief, self-respect, self-love, 
that that stops us from wanting to behave in a certain way or go after something that we are wanting. It's that voice that is undermining you, that is always coming from a fear-based emotion, is often being spoken to you through ego. So the negative ego can be coming out as, oh, don't go and apply for that job. You're only going to get rejected and it's not good for you. Don't do that. Who do you think you are? You're really not good enough. Or the ego in a positive sense would be doing the reverse, which would be going, you know what, you've got this. You've gathered a lot of stuff. You've had a lot of experience. Why don't you go for that job? I think that you'd have a good chance at it. So it's the same voice, but whether it is coming from the negative or the positive, I believe that is one aspect of ego. So I feel that you have to make friends with ego because ego when you are friendly with it, can be the drive behind you pushing through some fear to achieve something that you've never done before, but you have a heartfelt desire to do or experience. What did Rebecca Brown say the other week about ego? It was really profound. Do you remember? The ego has she was an saying ego? the ego has an ego. Yeah, there's like mm, a, it's like the oversoul. So really, it's, that's right. It's the same as the oversoul. So the idea was to to yes, make make friends with your ego, but then question that ego by talking to the ego's ego. Oh God, I know. As we said, multifaceted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's bring it to multi layered. So a few weeks ago, when we did our meditation episode, I talked about ego then because meditation is kind of primarily designed to shut down ego, to switch it off, to silence it. Um, so Jane's just described that there can be healthy ego. So healthy well, this, this is the layers, you know, we're, we're consciously going about our day, um, achieving small things. This is where the layers, this is where this whole topic gets so confusing because there is that fundamental basic layer of I'm getting up in the morning and I want to go and do this. But then there is a village layer or a community layer and then there is a country layer and then there's a a world layer and then there's a universal layer and each of them have individual meanings. And so we're trying to cover off on a massive concept that is so layered that it has different answers at at every layer. It's like there's a truth but then there's actually another truth that actually contradicts that truth as we go deeper. Okay. I'm feeling like I'm in, I'm you. Are you down the rabbit hole? exam. (laughs) Okay. So, right. Mm, Such a big concept. I hope I haven't confused everybody. I tend to, when I'm talking about a topic, I talk about it on a surface level and then I will talk about it on a very deep level. But there's actually a whole heap of levels in between that we haven't bothered going through, working through. Can you give an example? All right. So I know in myself that I like who I am. But then the next layer could be, yeah, but Jane, lots of people don't like you and they're very opinionated about you and that's not a good thing. Well, maybe I don't like myself at that layer. And then we go to another layer where I go, well, no, I know what my intent is and actually on a deeper level I do like myself. And then I go to another level that says, well, hang on, are you actually being delusional here because we're really wanting to get into the raw basis of who you are? So go deeper. What is it? What is it that you're not loving there? 
and then I work on that and then there's another layer again that is deeper and deeper. So all of these things are truths, but they contradict each other. Jesus Christ. I couldn't think I could spend half an hour in your head, Jane. Is it really that complicated? Isn't there just love and fear? And yeah, anything that comes from right. fear is ego and anything that comes from love is the good stuff. And, and it's That's true too. I don't know if there's It's levels. all true. Are there it's levels? all true. Well, it's like the onion analogy. Right. You keep peeling off an onion. Yeah, yes. So it's a layer. Okay. And then comes another layer and another. Sense. Yeah. And so we have um, trauma or pain or fear when we are working on a particular concept and then we deal with that and then we're in peace and joy and happiness and then along comes the next trigger and we peel another layer off and another layer. They are all truths. For me in its simplest form, it's just that idea that when you're born, you're like a bowl of pure, clear water. And then the first thing comes along in life where somebody leans over the hospital incubator and looks at you and says, oh, it's got very big ears. And then just imagine someone dropping a drop of dye into that bowl of water. And then, you know, you're a little bit older and mum and dad are having a fight in the kitchen and you drop another drop of dye into that bowl of water and it starts to change colour. And then you go to the schoolyard and you get bullied and you put 10 more drops of dye into that bowl of water. And by the time you're an adult, the bowl is black, right? And that's how we pick up stories, usually other people's stories, other people's beliefs, other people's thoughts, put shit on us. We take it in and the brain feeds on it like a frenzy, like crazy. The brain loves to be mean to us. The brain loves to bully us. The brain is the mean girl, the mean boy. And that is the ego. It's the part of, it's like the good angel, bad angel on either shoulder in every classic cartoon you've ever seen. It's like the ego is the bad angel or bad devil on the shoulder who's there to always whisper, but are you sure? You remember that time in year six? You know you're not good enough. You know what they'll say. You know what people really think. You know you're not worth it. And that is, all of that stuff is ego. It's the, or do you know what though? It's not always a putting down voice. Sometimes I think ego can also be, it's anything that leads you off the chosen path or off the divine alignment path. So it could be the thing that says, you know, you really want to go and eat some more chocolate or uh, you know that uh, it's it's a, the wrong thing to do taking money off that person, but you're going to do it anyway because you know that you really need it. And, you know, it's like when you justify to yourself or tell yourself stories or twist morals or... Do you think that maybe that in that moment that is where the ego is the ego of service to the now moment? What does that mean? Well, it's saying that if you do that chocolate, you're going to feel better right now. So it's not in the future. So instant gratification, yeah, shallow right goals yes. that, are, that are more. It's um, the right now. How are you yeah. feeling right now? Yeah. So it's the now moment. It's not the future. Yes. And and which to me, again, this is all very Western. What do I mean by Western? Well, I kind of mean asleep. I mean shallow. I mean materialistic. I mean obsessed with food, money, cars, bodies, possessions, internet, like it's all that kind of, that's all ego stuff. It's all, it's, it's the stuff like the Buddhists would say, you know, that gets in the way of, it's all of the distraction. It's the shiny things. It's the noise. That's all ego, which unfortunately our ego, that voice in our brain that goes on and on on a stuck record from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed again. And even sometimes in our dreams, it's really hard to even notice, let alone shut off because it's been our constant companion since birth. And it comes our version of normal like wallpaper and so I think that's why I was banging on so hard in meditation the other week about the need to learn how to silence like get the tools in your life learn how to flick the switch to shut up that part of yourself that constantly wants to eat away and deride and 
sabotage the goodness that you're working on. So, but I think there's things you can do other than meditation as well. You know, like I think that you can just, a lot of it's just mind over matter, conscious um, awareness, getting a good grasp on your own head. And, you know, I, I have been referencing Abraham so You have. Much I think you're having lately. a bit of a love affair there. I have been purging on Abraham. So, but I said, there's just so much good advice in Abraham's channelings. They're just so clean, pure channel advice. Abraham talks, well, Esther Hicks, she's always like, you know, you just got to go real general. You just got to go general. And it's that idea that you just have to keep your brain thinking happy, positive, uplifting thoughts. And even if you don't feel like it at the time or believe it, fake it till you make it. And you keep repatterning down those affirmations almost or mantras in your head rather than letting your brain, which is lazy, fall into, oh, you know, that was shit. And those people are terrible and this bad stuff's going to happen. And then if you just do this, you know, she's going to say that. Why do you bother anyway? And rah, rah, rah. Like that, that's where we do get lazy because we just let the brain feed around in these dark negative circles that don't serve us. It's like the serpent inside us. We need to actually work at changing the gears on the Big Mac truck, changing the path, turning it around, swinging around that Titanic so it doesn't hit the iceberg, you know, repatterning the neural pathways forcibly to make them think happier, more positive, sometimes just plain, clean, simple, basic thoughts rather than the dirty, stuck record thoughts. Which Anything is, is better. Self-worth, self-respect, self-confidence resulting in self-love. Now, Jane's just extended this episode, so I want to know why. Oh, well, I thought you had more to say. <laughs> no, but I think we, we, we do need to go a little bit over time on this one because there are, there are just concepts. These concepts that we're dealing with today are so huge. And because we're dealing with the multifaceted self, there's probably still some more we haven't even explored yet. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of inner child when we started today and we pulled that one up. Now, the question I asked at the start also wanted to know about shadow self, Jane. Well, I think the shadow self is really the self-sabotager within us. So it is the side of us that is trying to show itself to be accepted and loved. So it's like the shadow, where, where we've done podcasts on doing shadow work, which is, which is very clearly the parts of you that you don't love about yourself. You know, it's easy to say, yes, I'm kind, lovely, um, generous, reliable, trustworthy. You know, they're all good qualities. Yes, love that. That's pretty easy to love. But can you love the parts of you that say, well, no, I'm judgmental, ar- judgmental, arrogant, opinionated, um, narcissistic, whatever. Can you love that? So the shadow self will be the part of you that will play out sometimes as a trigger for you to own that about yourself. So I think the shadow self is the behavior to show you the shadow parts that have been disowned, suppressed, rejected within self. Right. If people want to know about shadow self, we have an episode for that. We do. It's a long time ago. I think it's got the word, if they put into the search bar on our website. Yes. Plus I've got all of that covered off in the uh, self-love course too. Yes, which we'll talk about at the end so people know. So a concept which um, to move, so that shadow self, To move on from shadow self, a concept which someone said to me a few years ago was, you know, spiritual people, they always talk about, you know, looking up or going higher or reaching for the higher self. But how, who says it's higher or floating above you on some etheric, you know, cloud? Isn't it just the inner self? 
aren't you just connecting with your own heart and that's your starting point and everything you need is actually in there? Jane, discuss. Agree. So, so <laughs> to, are we to understand that the terms, say, inner self and higher self are interchangeable? Are they the yes. same thing? Yes. They're the same thing? Yes. Okay. Well, that sorts that one out then. However, we can then get into what is self and the expansion of self and that people who allegedly are, you know, very wise and have done a lot of work on themselves and they really are perhaps connected greater with their higher selves have bigger auras. So we could then look at the physical body, which extends out further. The etheric selves, the auric selves. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is those energy, like, well, you want to get into some cool spiritual stuff here. So it is those energy layers outside of yourself, um, which, for example, if you go to a Reiki practitioner or an energy healer, they will be working with those bodies, those light bodies, um, the chakras, the the auric field, the was that is it called Karelian Aurelian photography that they used to it was Oh yes, where you could see your aura, the colours of the aura. You could do it yes. at mind body spirit fairs yes. and stuff. Yes. Uh, that kind of thing. And then you've got your light workers that that reconstruct your, your light body, your grid body. Exactly. Um, that kind of work. And and so the ancient Egyptians who well, not all of them, but you know, a couple of priests who knew who had who held all the sacred knowledge understood they talked about the oh, it's been a long time since I've read this stuff but is it the the bar and the car bodies ka and ba I'm, I'm saying and that by working with fine-tuning and doing particular spiritual work with some of these etheric selves that is what they meant by achieving immortality so when they talk about pharaohs dying but going to tombs and living forever and mummifying bodies and so forth that what they were working with was etheric layers so that the soul would immortalize you know the energy form um it can also be achieved through levels of tantric sex and transcendence through sex through or like there's there's various spiritual traditions that work with those with the etheric selves to to achieve higher purposes or or I don't know, evolution up to divinity, so to speak. Um, it can be incredibly confusing, all of these concepts, can't they it? Are. And, and I'm not saying I've got the answers. I'm just saying this is what I feel. And Rebecca Brown also, Jane, didn't she say in that episode we, we guest interviewed her a few weeks ago, and if you haven't heard it, go stop everything now and go and listen because she's just mind-blowing. She was also talking about the fact that the soul, she said, is can be quite an ego based construct because the soul kind of is a personality that's what she was I thought she was sort of saying she was saying it's almost like we need to think of ourselves in a greater more expansive less labeled type of a version than just a soul or a spirit because that's still confined in a box or a label but it's mm. actually much more expansive than that I think we don't have the comprehension the understanding the visualization the language any of that to actually really do this topic justice. I think that we have to wait till we're on the other side to be able to actually get it all. I think we've given it a first stab though. And we have. Certainly floated you know, some people that talk theories. about this stuff like um, Sylvia Brown. Yeah. If you're interested, she has written lots of books about this sort of stuff. Uh, there's doc also Dr. Eric Pearl from The Reconnection. Um, which somebody actually emailed asking for that the other day. And, the DNA uh, strand stuff we yeah, referenced a long yeah, time ago. Which, which kind of relates to some of this as well. There's a lot of stuff out there. Just check in with yourself as to whether it's your truth or not because I think that 
everything is true, just not everything is true for everyone. And I think if you want to just boil it all back down to its, to its simplest form, it really is just about sitting with your own heart and getting comfortable and familiar with the energy in your own heart, like really understanding how to tune into the essence of who you really are. And that's pretty much all you need to work with and to know for now anyway. That is enough for this lifetime. Just connect with your essence. I am multidimensional, multi-layered, and multi-potentialized. Well done, Joan. She didn't say potentialized. (laughs) Now, if you would like to multi-potentialize yourself even further than you're already doing with all of the amazing self-work that I know a lot of you guys are on those paths right now and looking at yourselves and meditating and seeing practitioners and listening to Love Life and other podcasts and just expanding your, your minds, your brains, your hearts, your souls, it's very exciting times. We have got on our lovelifeshow.com website, we have got tools, products, services, backlog, library of all of our episodes if you want to further your knowledge there. Jane has released a number of courses for you. Jane, do you want to just list what all your courses are so everyone knows the full stable that you've got? Okay, so I've got the Free to Be Me course, which is a eight-module online course for highly sensitive people. Uh, I have the Attraction course, which is for single men to help them to raise their attraction point. And my latest one, which I'm so excited about, is the Extreme Art of Self-Love, 30 Days for Self-Transformation. And uh, so all of those details are on my website, which is janedonovan.com.au. Jane's self-love course, and I've seen the content, it is juicy. It encompasses everything you could ever think existed under the umbrella of the topic. And I just think for so many of you listening and so many of you that I coach and counsel as well, everyone is constantly always showing up with self-love and self-worth stuff. So it's really cool that Love Life now has a product that, you know, you can't hear our voices all the time. Our show's only 30 minutes a week, except for this week when you get the bonus time. But, you know, this is something that you can have in your inbox access to. Yes, they have lifetime access. Lifetime access. So even though every day for 30 days you get a module emailed to you, it isn't time precious. You know, you people that are embracing your sensitivity do not need to be in a Western world being told when to do, what to do, at what time. So I want people to go at their own pace, but I want them to have the access to everything. And I just want to share that really the reason I was so excited about creating this course, yes, it was for everybody that needs to gain greater self-love, but actually I was quite selfish. I did it because even though I feel I have very good self-love if we compare to a lot of other people, but I wanted to turbo boost my self-love. So what's the best way to do that? Do the work. So what's the best way to do the work? Create a course. <laughs> then you've got to do the work. Put yourself through the paces. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's yes. awesome. Yes. Yeah, so and- it's my gift to myself, which then hopefully you will find as a gift to yourself as well. And I love that because I think if you're going to be working in spiritual and emotional stuff for a living, you can't just talk the talk. You have to no, walk the walk. you've got to do it. You've got to have the experience in order to teach through vibration. And gosh, we're really riffing now, but let me just, let's just keep talking. People used to say that when they, like Jesus in the desert who was teaching his amazing higher vibrational concepts, it's one thing to read them on paper or read them in the Bible or be told them down a chain of thousands of years or generations of whole different mouths like Chinese whispers delivering the teachings. But Apparently, the concept is 
that you couldn't actually get the teaching, really get the teaching unless you were in the presence of Jesus because he would vibrationally deliver um, a lot of the missing pieces or the energy that was attached to the words right. or the message, right? And the same would go through to all the ascended masters. So we're talking the Buddhas, the Gandhis, the probably Dalai Lama. Why do people come from thousands of miles away just to sit in the presence of the Dalai Lama? Probably can't even understand half the things he's saying or his accent or whatever. It's not even about sometimes the content these people are delivering. It's more to just sit in their energy and be bathed in their vibration. And I would say people do the same thing with the Oprah show. Well, I was going to say, that uh, I remember seeing Don Roos from the Four Agreements many years ago and his energy, I don't even remember what he said. I just loved just sitting in, sitting the presence. in yeah. his presence. But yes. my, my, the reason I'm saying all this is because it's really important when you guys choose spiritual mentors that you ch- that you check or that you, you, f- you check in with yourself or that you feel in vibrationally to check that they are embodying their teachings so that to the best of their ability, and we're all still learning and we never stop learning and all of those sorts of things and we're all flawed and nobody's perfect, but are they walking the walk as well as talking to the, talking the talk? And I think that you just cannot have one without the other. Yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of really interesting content today, so thank you for hanging in for longer than the My normal. My brain hurts. 30 minutes. <laughs> We've been on a few tangents, so I think you guys are used to us and you can roll with it. But anyway, look, until this time next week, I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And enjoy having fun with some of these very interesting spiritual concepts. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.